Queen's Lead Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Singleton. And as a child of the 80s, I'd love to say Queen's rule, but they don't. Queen's Lead. Being a queen means you are worthy to be a leader of people. The guests on our show do exactly that. They are leading the way in their businesses, families, and communities. They're taking their rightful place in the spotlight, leading and inspiring the developing queens in all of us. Welcome to the Queen's Lead Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Queen's Lead Podcast. Today, I am honored to be joined by Queen Sarah Noel Wilson. She is the owner of her own company called Sarah Noel Wilson. We were just talking off air about that. Welcome, Sarah. Thanks, Amy. I've literally never been introduced as a queen, and I'm both uncomfortable and excited. I, I'm excited <laughs> and a little uncomfortable by it. <laughs> no, you are definitely leading like a queen. So let's get into that. Tell our yeah. guests, who is Sarah? Who, I mean, that's such a loaded question, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So um, the, 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 the biography, the brief biography of who I am as a person, and I'll talk and lead that into to what we do. Yeah. I am uh, in a very intentionally healthy relationship. And I say it that way because it's something that we've worked on. My, my husband yeah. and I, we've been together 15 years and we do work really hard on being intentional and in how we show up with each other. And so I, I'm just celebrating where we're at. Um, we have a little fur baby, Sally. I am very committed to my family. We have a very, we have a fairly large family. So I'm a very involved aunt. And, uh, and I just really believe in practicing and trying to be as curious as I can in all aspects of my life. Um, some fun facts about me is that during the pandemic, I picked up the accordion. And I now own eight awesome. of them. Heck yeah. That's a fun. That. That's fun. <laughs> Did you play people. another instrument before? I played the piano. I played the okay. piano when I was younger. So it was sort yeah. of a natural, so uh-huh. I mean, kind of, it's not this, you know, accordions are not sexy. And oh, I think um, they're so sexy. I mean, You're I'm trying to like woman bring accordion player. I know I love them. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, That's it's a lead uh, in story for me. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, uh, it's, it's, it's honestly, it's, I, I love it and I love it from a self-care perspective and maybe we can get into this, but uh, sure. you know, one of the things I'll, that will be revealed about me in this conversation perhaps is that uh, a month before I started my own company, I was diagnosed with ADHD in large part because how, how I was struggling to manage building the company on the side. Okay. And And so playing the accordion is this beautiful way for me to focus and have to do something, multiple things really complexly. And it allows my brain to focus in a way it doesn't. So not only is it, do I think it's fun and like a great conversation topic, but um, it's just really good for my brain. That's awesome. I love that. And I love that you say you have an intentionally (laughs) healthy relationship. My husband and I get that all the time. Like Mm. you guys are couple goals. You make it look so easy. No, we work at that shit. Yeah. Like we are yeah. very intentional yes. about our relationship. Yeah. Number two yeah. for both of us. So like, we finally feel like we got this figured out. Mm, so sure. like, we're going to do it right this time. So I love that to you and your spouse. Well, it's funny because I've never, I've never said that before. Normally you'd be like, oh, I have a husband. I was like, well, like our, we're trying to have a different kind of relationship. We're trying to have a different yeah. relationship than we've had before. And, and that's, yeah, it does take work. It is not easy. It can be very difficult. And it can be magical when literally probably the person you should have the safest relationship with 
Yes. That you do have that safe relationship with, that you are fully supported, that you can say, man, I'm struggling with this, or I'm feeling shame about this, or I mean, like, and that goes into all layers, whether it's professional, whether it's personal, whether it's within, you know, like intimacy within the relationship. And so there is this um, beautiful liberation, I feel like happens when you can be really intentional about a really safe relationship. Yeah, it's a whole nother level when you can communicate clearly Mm -hmm. and not just that superficial, like you got to communicate to make it work. No, like talk about the hard stuff. Yeah. Like I'm sitting next to you on the couch right now. And for the last hour, I've been ruminating on X and I realized I just need to say it out loud. And I know it sounds irrational, but this is what I'm thinking about. And I'm worried that you're going to be saying this. And it's like, okay, I got you, honey. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I I think I find out most of the time it's all in my own head. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Yes. Tell us how you came. What's your background? Like, where did you come yeah. from leading mm. up to a lot of our listeners are, you know, it's stuck in corporate America or in a mm. nine to five job thinking about like, I got to get out of here. I want to do my yeah. own thing. We have so many more options available, especially since one of the wonderful things, side effects of COVID is like, hold up a minute. We can do life different. So yeah. tell me what led Man, up and to I'm all, here of for this all of that different life. Me too. Mm. Yeah. I, I'm all about decentralize, like, like decentralizing work from our life. <laughs> and, and, and that's part of, of, of how we're trying to build our companies. How do we build it better? Yeah. Like for humans. Okay. So the, 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 the quick version is my undergraduate degree was in theater performance and theater education, which wasn't nice. teaching theater. Yeah. A little, little pizzazz, a little flair, but it was Love using it. theater as an educational tool. And I moved to Des Moines to chase a boy. It worked out. And um, I did what every good Des Moines person does. I got a job in insurance. And <laughs> um, now keep in mind, I, I didn't grow up in a corporate family. My mom was a stay at home mom for most of my, my dad was a truck driver um, very, like I was a very blue collar union family. So mm-hmm. there were things I just we didn't have even understand. so much in common. Like, yes. I okay. Wonder. Keep going. Keep okay. going. I love it. Well, we'll just like, we'll have you on my show and then I'll get to like yes. we'll dig into more of your, your, your background. <laughs> um, I literally got a job in corporate America because I wanted my nights free and insurance, like nights free to do theater and insurance to be able to right protect myself. Mm-hmm. And, and but like educating and learning had always been some part of my thread, whether it's through high school, through college, that was always a part of a deep value of mine. And so I quickly got exposed to training in the corporate world. Mm. But more importantly, I started to become really fascinated with power dynamics and um, the impact that leaders could have not only on teams and organizations, but the people. Mm. And, and so I went through this period where I did a lot of technical training, but was really fascinated with the more interpersonal, intrapersonal. And then I realized, uh, I I remember (laughs) really vividly, I was in my early 20s and I attended some, I was given the opportunity to to attend some leadership development. uh, And it was facilitated by someone who had never been a manager. And it was a class (laughs) on management. Yeah. And and it became really clear that although they were a great facilitator of sharing information, they couldn't answer any questions that were coming up. And what dawned on me then was, if I want to work with leaders, if I want to work with managers, let's be really specific, then I need to manage and I need to mm-hmm. understand what that's like. So then I just took a path of, I was I was trying to take on as many different uh, management and supervisory opportunities as I can. That led me to getting my master's at the same time in leadership development, organizational performance. And, you know, and then I, I mean, I, my, my, my value, my passion, outgrew where I was, right? And I got really good 
Yeah, because, you know, I'll share this. Maybe this will resonate for people who are feeling stuck. You know, I mean, we do have way more opportunities now than we maybe thought we did before or felt like yes. we could. And I don't know, like, I don't know about your background, but I mean, I grew up, my dad worked at his company for 35 plus years. That's, that's yeah. what you did. And Same. so everyone around me, you know, you went to a company and you stayed there 20, 25 years. And it you was so the pen or the watch or you got the pen or you got the, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and And I, it never occurred to me that how much more valuable it could be if I actually left. And I had this amazing mentor, um, Leah, and I remember her sitting me down and just being like, I love you and I wish you could stay here. And you were always going to be viewed as young Sarah, even though you've been here eight and a half years, even though you have your master's, even though you've proven And she just finally said, your real estate is going to be worth so much more outside of this company. Mm. And it was such a gift. Thank you, Miss Leah. Right. Yes. Huge, huge props to her. Huge. I mean, just that was, that was such a defining moment. And, and so um, where that led me was to an opportunity to lead the leadership development efforts, because that's what I was really passionate about. And just happenstance, I landed with a company that was very human centric. I landed with leaders mm-hmm. who were very much, how do we develop the whole person and not just the role? And yes. so then I got six, six and a half years of just some of the most beautiful um opportunities to experiment and to try doing development differently and to think about it differently. And then we saw the results of it. And then I became really interested in, well, how do we, how do we expand this? And I'd been, and I'd been, I'd been speaking on the side. I'd been doing little workshops on the side slowly Mm -hmm. um, for a number of years. And that was just sort of very slow growing. So when people are listening, going like, well, how do I build my side hustle? I'm like, well, I just started and I got one event that was a speaking event and I didn't know how to charge and I didn't know how to contract and I was undercharging and I was doing, you know, my, my fun story, the first paid client I ever got, I, I quoted him and I was like, I don't know, like $500 for this. All yeah. up. That feels like a ton of money because I didn't yeah. come from money and I'm still not making a ton of money. So this feels like, and I, and I, I, another person that I want to thank, he came back to me and he said, okay. So they will not even take your proposal seriously if you are not charging at least two or three times that. So mm-hmm. I need you to resubmit it. And I want to let you know that locally people are charging five, six times. And I think you're just as good as them. I know you're starting. And yeah. that that was like a another gift, right? Of mm-hmm. man, thank you. And um yeah, and then you know, and then and then just became really interested in how can I how could I do the work I was doing at this company, Arog, um, for more companies? And and there was always a part of me that was constantly keeping a, a list of, if I ever built a company, what would I do differently? If I ever yeah. built a company, what would I do differently? And so then, you know, here's a fun little background story, right? You know, I was speaking to my husband. Uh, it was, I don't know, the fall of 2017. <laughs> and and the timeline just kept shrinking it was like oh in a year I'll go man oh in six months like oh I think this needs to happen sooner yeah and and he's self-employed too so it was a huge risk right like it was a, I was the breadwinner I had the insurance I had the stability right massive yeah, risk for us that's so scary it's yeah and I and I remember from a place of fear going are we like are we ready for this and I'll I'll never forget what he said he was just like I've been ready I've just been waiting for you 
and Aww. which again was such a beautiful gift of support. Isn't that and, so dynamic that we don't think we have it within us, but our spouse, our mentors, yeah. our coworkers oh, are yeah. all going, girl, do the thing. Like, yeah, you're so great. Do the thing. Yeah. And like, <laughs> and right now, like, and how do we tap into that own, our own power? Yeah. I mean, there's lots of reasons why it's difficult for us. Um, and it's not because it's difficult for us. The system wasn't made for us, but that's a conversation that's right. for another day. <laughs> that's a whole other podcast episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And so then, so then we started and we, and so the company that I own is a leadership coaching and consulting practice, and we are celebrating five years today. Officially. Congratulations. I'm Thank so glad you. it landed on today. It, this is, I was, yeah, I was too. I, I think I may have like subconsciously been like, I can't just talk about the company on the day yeah. that we're celebrating this. And we're really passionate about how do we help leaders people better? Um, mm -hmm. We spend a lot of our work is working with highly technical, highly analytical folks, right? That's usually who's getting promoted yep. um, and, and helping them, you know, to be really great in management, you have to be good at processes and products and policies and people. Mm -hmm. And if you don't get that one right, the rest of them kind of don't matter. And, you know, yeah. one of the things that I recently shared with a client is, you know, you can be very productive, but also very destructive as a company. Mm -hmm. And we just want to help remove, reduce some of that harm and create just greater safety for, for everyone to feel good about going into work. So, um, yeah, so that's where we're at. Now we have this incredibly growing team and it's bigger than me. And we're in this transition as a company too, of, you know, that evolution and my evolution. And so it's an exciting time. That's that was so a lot. Fun. That's my, I love it. No, I just story. love how you how you took pieces of your own experience and like, I know I've asked myself over and over, um, or said to myself, like, why am I not in charge of this? Yeah. <laughs> like, why we can do this so much better, but being on the inside of a company, it's like you hear, you can't see the forest for the trees, but it's yeah. so true. When you're on that inside, you just can't see the need of your people sometimes when you're there. So yeah. it takes that outside perspective to really navigate what's best sometimes. Well, and, and, and yeah, and to add to that, uh, really great point is that we, it's hard too when how you want to do things fundamentally looks different than everything you've ever experienced or been exposed to. And so there yeah. is some risk of, you know, I think that, you know, like that can bring up some doubt of, you know, for us, it's, well, can we, can we build a company where people full-time is only 30 to 32 hours? And even then that's pretty loose because I don't track hours, right? I, yeah. I work more hours, but I'm trying, even I'm trying to be like, how do I get down to a healthy 40 most weeks and so maybe some weeks when it's slower, a little bit less. And, and that it just, that can feel scary too. I'm just like, I'm, I think we could do this different and better, but boy, everything I've learned to this point is, you know, command and control or mm -hmm. um, whatever the case might be. And so, yeah. Yeah, that's great. So are you working with um, primarily companies or individual people or both? Both. Yeah, we, you know, I would say that we are predominantly working with executives and senior level leaders, either mm -hmm. individually or their teams. We do often partner closely with our fellow HR colleagues um, to do trainings for all levels. But the majority of the work we're doing are for organizations. We do have individuals who we will work with from a, a coaching perspective who are wanting to be, you know, God, there's nothing I love more than somebody going, I'm new in this leadership role and I just want to be better and I just don't want to mess it up. It's like, awesome. You know, now um, I got you on that. <laughs> yeah. So that, so that's where we are now. 
that said, as we're growing, we are um, examining, exploring, experimenting with how can we increase our impact? How can we create more avenues where um, individuals can can connect with us and we can work together with them? Because I mean, that is that's the feedback we've gotten is like, I really want to be able to learn from you or do the kind of workshops you're doing or to experience this, but my company would never be able to afford you or they don't value it and they wouldn't bring you in. So hopefully in a year or two, if you and I were to talk again, we'd be having a very different conversation about, about just access um, and who, who we're getting to partner with. I like that. Yeah, there's definitely a, I I love to see people stepping up going, you know, I want to be better. Even if my company's not trying to invest in this, I want to learn more so I can lead better. And that's, that's really inspiring to hear. Um, It it, it does that way. I don't think (laughs) it it does happen. I mean, it does, it does. It's not the, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't talk to every single person, but I will say that I get exposed to lots and like hundreds and hundreds of leaders every year. And it's not common but it's not, it's not non-existent. And mm-hmm. I, and then we're seeing an increase of it. And I think that's part of also people, right? Like as we, as individuals are rethinking the role work plays in our life, I think people who are in those positions of power are starting to ask the same questions of themselves or realizing, shoot, I actually have to do things differently because people have way more choices than they did before. Maybe it's time for me to care in a different yeah, way. Yeah. Yeah. And not it got take- started with Glassdoor, but the last few years of the yeah. social media, I mean, yeah. you have to be an open book. You can't, you know, full transparency is the only way through. Yeah. You can't hide under your bushel, like the, the secret of that company, because it's really crappy yeah. to work for. That is mm-hmm. gone. We have to mm-hmm. be true blue, authentically great. Yeah. Yeah. As leaders in our, yeah, like consistently, at least like more moments, you know, it's like, we're all going to have moments of messing up, but let's have more moments (laughs) of being good and great compared to maybe where we are currently. Yeah, definitely. Uh, So tell us a little bit about, uh, you said you came back from a background blue collar, stay at home mom, same for me. Um, you know, had, I had at least zero exposure to business ownership, entrepreneurship, starting my own thing. I mean, mom had an in-home daycare for a while, but I mean, I don't even think it was never an LLC or anything. It was just like, give me the check, I'll watch your kid. So like, where did that, like, what were some of those initial challenges when you're like, okay, I'm going to do my own thing. (laughs) Now what, what's an LLC? What's a business bank account? What? Yeah. What the heck do I do now? Cat all of that. I mean, I so like I resonate with all of that because I'm like, yeah, no, my mom totally watched, you know, neighbor kids for just like cash, right? There was no insurance, there was no any of that. I the way okay, so lots of challenges. What what I would say is that I got I got into this um being a business owner, not because I wanted to be a business owner, but because I wanted to do the work. Mm-hmm. and and then quickly figured out <laughs> that I needed to understand how to run a business and yeah. and honestly like you know finding people who were a couple steps ahead of me were so critical mm-hmm. um I was fortunate to have um some really strong mentors and uh support you know whether that's from like hey you need to protect your intellectual property and I'm like tell me more about intellectual <laughs> property and what that is and why I should care yeah. about it um 
And, you know, so it's been, it's been phases of challenges because yeah, I mean, exactly like you said, I, I wasn't, I'm not a finance person. I wasn't exposed to thinking about revenue and profit and strategy and all of that. Right. Again, you know, my dad, dad was a union guy. He had a pension and that's all he had to think of, you know, like think about obviously challenges with that now, but daughter of a teamster, right? Yeah. I mean, same life. Man, (laughs) that's funny same person did we just I don't know did we just become best friends friends? (laughs) (laughs) that's so funny well but so you understand and and not only within that so not only do you have okay I'll speak from my experience so not only were there gaps in my knowledge but there's also gaps in my confidence because I never came from money I have a very um limited relationship kind of with having any kind of wealth or trying to build wealth, right? Like, mm-hmm. and, and actually that, that was really uncomfortable for me for a lot of years mm-hmm. of, of, it was really just so much easier to be like, I'm just going to reinvest in the company instead of like, well, no, I'm building this and I should get some piece of this. Right. And there is, mm-hmm. a, I'm not just building this for goodwill. I am building this because I also want some financial security for myself and my colleagues and right. You know, to support my family and all of that. Yeah. You know, it's uh, for people. So, so yeah. So Everything about running the business I had to learn. I didn't go to business school. As I said, I was a theater major. So theater majors are basically taught you're going to be poor. You're going to be like, like we didn't talk about 401ks. Like that shit no. didn't exist in theater. Like, no way. I mean, it was just like, be really good in service and retail. Make sure, you know, like, here's how you update your headshots. Like I didn't, I didn't know any of that. And, and so, so I feel like my learning curve has been very steep. Now that said, I do feel like the last year and a half, things have just started to fire in a really um, elevated way of moving from being the person doing the work to being the person thinking about the work to now like, oh, I actually, am in, I, I kind of want to start stepping back from the work a little bit so I can start thinking more strategically so I can be creative in a different way. But, you know, some initial challenges. Um, I had tons of experience managing teams. What I didn't un- understand at the time is managing a team in an, uh, an existing company that had existing processes and structures and policies that were already built. The guardrails were already there yeah. is very different than building a team from the ground up. Yeah. And, um, and so there was a lot I realized I took for granted, you know, that made it easier to manage folks. And so yeah, I mean, one of my biggest failures, you know, I mean, just like, I'll, I'll name that as a failure is when I started to bring on contractors or part-time um, employees, team members, I, I did not have the focus, the structure to set them up for success. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, they were just sort of like, I was the tornado who was just taking work and doing work. And they were just like, how do we make sure she doesn't do too much damage in the process? <laughs> And, and so that was, I mean, that, I would say that that's taken a while to really Mm -hmm. start building structures, you know, and even just like simple things, like how do we store documents? Where do we store it? Because for the first year and previous to that, it was just all me. So it was like, well, this is my system. Yeah. Everything's right here on on my computer. Right. (laughs) Right. Like, but how do I, how do I, how do we build this in a way? And, and now that the team has, uh, shifted even more, you know, now it's like, how do I, how do we create a culture that's one that's more inclusive? How do we create a culture where people aren't deferring to me? Because I don't have the mental capacity 
to do, yeah. I don't have the mental capacity to do the work, think about the work, manage the work and write all of that. And so yeah. we're all in this kind of beautiful stretch of, um, no, 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 you literally, I just run with it. You know, if you just want to be like, Hey, I'm doing this, you good. I'll be like, sounds great. Um, yeah. yeah. And you know, and also just like, even that, um, you know, and, and just like, I'm not a negotiator, right? I'm not a salesperson. Um, I'm a very nice white Midwest woman who's very people pleasing and have had to work really hard um, on that. And, you know, and so learning, uh, learning to, to charge our worth, being okay with that, being okay that, yeah, I know we're more expensive than other companies in town. We do things different. I don't know what to tell you. Like this is our market yeah. rate mm-hmm. and, and being comfortable with that, even as a woman to, right. Yeah. Because we're expected, I think, to really c- compromise. And then mm-hmm. people can get turned off when, when you don't. And I was like, well, wait a second. You're supposed to make it easy for me, you know, because that's mm-hmm. what a woman's supposed to do is take care yeah. of everything. Be nice, yeah. smile, be quiet, yeah. don't be too aggressive or too assertive. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All of that. <laughs> All so, of that. Yeah. I mean, lots of challenges. And, and, and I mean, like here, here's a, this is going to maybe for some people listening will feel like a duh moment, but it felt it was an aha moment for, for us, um, you know, a business development, for example, business development, we sort of always looked at, you can get me on stage at a conference, get me in front of people. We know that we'll land. We'll probably have like, mm, I don't know, five to eight inquiries come from that. We'll probably land half of those. So realizing that like, Hey, our business development is speaking at conferences. Needless to say, a lot of that, you know, <laughs> got shut down yeah. during the pandemic. Yeah. Um, and what, we, what I was measuring our, our health of our company by was financials because it's easy, Mm -hmm. but the reality is financials is a delay. It's a lagging marker. And I was working with a financial coach who was really gracious in his generosity of helping me think through this Curtis Haney. And he was like, he was explaining that he said, but that's like a, that's too late. So you need to look at what's driving the revenue and, and when we started to break it down, it was like, oh no, it's yes, being in a conference, for example, in our world is one form of business development. However, it's actually not the most effective business development for us because only the people in the room only at that time gets exposed to it mm-hmm. as opposed to we need to be creating more content. We need to be submitting more articles. We need to be doing more research. We need to be right showing our experience and our expertise. We need to be creating evergreen content that's going to be you know there forever and so instead of going oh our goal is to hit this much revenue like obviously we have financial goals but now it's well how many articles are we submitting how many like longer term posts are we submitting how many videos are we creating and that like that was a oh the health of our company isn't just finances the health of our company is and it's not even just prospects it's what are we doing to fill that pipeline and how do we prioritize that because I think Mm -hmm. it's I'm curious to hear your thoughts. It's so easy and it's so seductive and to just take care of what's right in front of you, the clients right in front of you, the needs that are coming up and lose sight of how are we nurturing? How are we building those relationships? How are we deepening our expertise? How are we strengthening ourselves? How are we gathering feedback, right? Like all of those other things that are necessary to be more sustainable and impactful Mm Because as long as you're just doing what's right in front of you, yeah, you know, like 
you can set yourself up for a pretty, pretty, pretty tough time if those feeds aren't coming in. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the work that we're doing today is not watering the plant here. We're planting an orchard for six, eight, 12 months, 24 months from now. And like you said, everything that we're doing are planting those seeds, watering and nurturing those seeds for later development that, you know, when you are just focused on that one thing in front of you and you finish that, well, then what? Where else is that net? Where's that next thing coming from? You've got to have all those seeds planted in various stages of growth in order to maintain the long-term growth. So yeah, wise, wise choice. And I don't think that's a, a dumb moment at all. That's like, yeah, that's a great realization. Yeah. It's not something you can realize when it's just yourself though. Right. I, Cause no I, one I, person can do all that. Right. No, I don't think so. And, 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 and if there, if there is a lesson, I mean, a couple lessons I've learned that I've held on to pretty tightly as I would say mantras, right. You know, one is, uh, we got to get to version one. Like we can't get to version 10 without version one. That's right. Can't be perfect. We just have mm-hmm. to start and we have to trust and know that we will evolve it. We will better it. We will improve it. So that's like one, the, yeah. you know, the, the second one is like, I can, we can figure it out. Yeah. Right. At kind of everything you can figure out. Someone has figured yes. it out. Yes. We're not the first business, you know, no. but the, <laughs> but the part for me, um, is that, you know, our brains are funny. We were talking about this before we hopped on. Our brains are funny, funny things. Um, there would, were times when the uh, pressure I would put on myself was unnecessarily unrealistic. And, and I'll show uh, an example of that is I'm the CEO. I'm, I'm the president. I'm the founder. I should know this. I should know mm-hmm. how to do this. I should know how to figure this out. Like, am, am I going to be able to grow this? Like everyone keeps saying, you're, oh, you're doing such amazing things. And it's like, can I actually be the person to take it to the next level? Am I the person who can accomplish it? And one of the things that I learned through really good therapy also was just the minute I start spiraling, I know I need to reach out to somebody who is a mentor, right? Like I have to, I have to interrupt that. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I'm going to be spending so much unnecessary energy and suffering and stress shooting, you know, shooting on myself instead of mm-hmm. going, yeah, you know what? I don't know that part of finances. So who do I know who can get me that information? Mm-hmm. And like being really, I've gotten much better at like doubt, reach out to someone, doubt, reach out to someone because it yeah. can be so easy to, I don't, you see other people are like, well, they got to be. No, they don't. No, no they, no, don't. they don't. You know? They do not. <laughs> <laughs> because nobody does. We can't all, you know, there, I, I guarantee you, uh, you know, Steve Jobs is not building, was not building phones. Right. Not doing that. Right. Right. Not an expert right. at that. Delegation, especially early on is so difficult mm. just to delegate that one thing you're so good at to someone else, yeah. but also to identify the time that like, okay, I am an expert at marketing and branding, but I am not an expert at finances or right. at taxes right. or at, right. you know, whatever else the thing is reaching out and being willing to put your money where your doubt is and pay yeah. that person mm. to help you. That's, mm. that's difficult. Is that, is that a phrase you use? Is this a new phrase? Like that put your money where your doubt out. is? That came that's out. I think great. that's new. I just coined that. Great. Put your money yeah, where good. your doubt is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Just mm. float yeah. out. I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. So I loved that you, um, your YouTube video, you're kind of like, like the, the one on the homepage says, talks about your purpose, 
Oh yeah. This is a coin. Speaking of things you've coined, talk talk yeah. about Plurpus. What's that? Plurpus. Plurpus was almost the name of the company at one point. I love it. I, I don't remember where where this got created. But I wish I could remember the origin story. But you know, but at the time, at the time, I like it's funny when I think about that video because that video is like five years old. So I need to update it with you. <laughs> again, that's on it's the worst to one. get to. Um no, but it's, it's playing with purpose. You know, mm-hmm. one of my, you know, I actually am, I'm drinking out of one of our mugs that says playfully brave or to be playfully brave, right? It's kind of a play on words. And, yeah. and for me, for me, I know that I'm at my best when there's energy and fun behind the work we're doing. And, you know, and, and that, but that doesn't mean we don't take it incredibly serious. I mean, we, we are dealing with, we get a, you know, my colleague, Dr. Teresa Peterson, we were just talking last night and she said, it's after a, a tough conversation, it's like, we have this front row view to humanity in the work mm-hmm. we do. Mm-hmm. Um, we get to see a lot of the hurt and the hard stuff. And, you know, somebody once said about our style, my style is like, I like that it's, it's lighthearted, but it's not lightweight. And mm-hmm. so, you know, so for me, it's that you know, it's not about being silly, although it's okay to be silly. Like it's good to have moments of silliness. I want to, I'm not anti-silly. I'm actually very pro silly, but like, for me, it's, I want to feel energized and good and have moments of play, you know, and that play can be being creative. That play can be like bouncing ideas off of that play can also like what it's evolved into for me. And when I think of where I'm at now with it, is also being pushed and being uncomfortable and having somebody giving you, maybe they're giving you tough feedback. You're like, okay, like, how do I, like, what do I shape differently because of this? And how am I shaped differently because of this? And so, yeah, Mm -hmm. the whole idea of the, the other thing I will say is that a lot of the work that we end up doing often can be really heavy. So, you know, talking about conflict avoidance and navigating the elephant in the room, um, sort of inherently raises some emotional heat for a lot of folks. And we found that sometimes having language that's a little bit more playful, again, not lightweight, like we, we mm-hmm. understand can make it easier for people to hold it, consider it, see it, try it on, mm-hmm. right? It, it can be easier for someone to go, I think I was totally feeding an imagifant instead of like, I was completely avoiding that conversation out of fear. Like people aren't going to say that, but this can be a conduit to get them to have the reflection we need. Like, I don't, yeah, our words create our reality, but if these words can get you into a room to reflect on, then great. Like, I don't care what door you take to get into the self-awareness, but what we have found is sometimes it's helpful. Yeah. So that's the purpose. I love the purpose. So I would be, we are already getting so close on time. I can't believe it. Um, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about the book. Yeah. Feed the elephant. Tell us about your book. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yes. I, I became really fascinated during my graduate studies with the idea of adaptive cultures and adaptive leadership. And I became fascinated, particularly with the idea that one of the characteristics of a really a functional company, um, high psychologically safe now, uh, it was calling the elephant out. And I realized, again, being a Midwest white woman, nice, violently <laughs> polite is how I like to refer to us. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. 
And it does. I mean, I laugh at it, but actually it's like, it's actually so detrimental. It is so yeah. detrimental to our health and our well-being, and it's detrimental to other people's health and well-being. But anyway, so I, I realized that I had never experienced a relationship or a team that had that kind of candor. I just never had. And I was like, well, they keep writing about it. And I keep seeing this. So obviously it can exist. And I just started this journey of how do you actually build that muscle when that's not your norm? That's not how I was raised. Um, and how do you build a team with that? And in the process of just like reading a ton of books and experimenting and trying things with teams, the thing I became fascinated with was um, even if people had the skills, it was still a struggle. And so I became really interested in the avoidance. And so, so the book is my love letter to fellow avoiders of conflict of how do we move from fearful avoidance to starting to have the conversations in a way that can feel good for us and helpful for the others. Mm -hmm. um, because sometimes it's like, well, you just need to say like, that's too big of a leap for some folks, right? Mm -hmm. Whether that's trauma, whether that's lived experiences, whether that's just our DNA. And so the whole idea of don't feed the elephants is, you know, we, we talk about the elephant, not as a person, but as the elephants created because of avoidance. Yeah. Um, right. Because if you and I oh, were working yeah. and you were like, Hey, Sarah, can we talk about that meeting? I, it actually really hurt my feelings when you did X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. The conflict is still there. The disagreement, the hurt is still there, but there's no elephant because you talked to me about it. Yeah. And so reframing that as the person isn't the elephant our avoidance of acknowledging or addressing the situation is what creates. Yes. So how do we stop giving it peanuts? Right. Mm -hmm. So that's the whole plan. Again, that's like I a good example that. of purpose. So, yeah, no, that's such a great example because yeah, we are, uh, it sounds like we were raised very similarly. Yeah. I used to say, um, and I highly doubt he listens to this. So I could say it, my father growing up would have rather chewed off his own arm yeah. than to have engaged mm. in some kind of conflict. But mm -hmm. when it happened, it was explosive, right? Like, sure, I mean, sure. I'm not saying like I wasn't in a domestic violence situation, but it was explosive energy when that finally came to a yeah. head. And yeah. it was all because we were all just avoiding yeah. what could have easily been said. Well, not easily been said, but we could have learned to navigate what we needed to say and ask for and communicate effectively. Because now that I know, now I know better, I can do better. Yeah. But for me now, conflict is, it's a little bit exciting because it's an opportunity to grow. When yeah. we actually get on the freaking same page about something, then it's like, okay, now we're unstoppable. We, we just yes. have to have the conversation. Yes. And, and and that's such a, you know, and that's, and that's easier said than done, right? It's, it's easier said than done Absolutely. to be, this is an opportunity for me to build this muscle. It's still really uncomfortable. I still don't know how you're going to react and maybe you're going to react poorly or I'm going to react poorly, but, but the more you do it, the more, you know, that, man, if we can actually figure this out, this moment of disagreement will make us stronger. We yes. will learn that we can handle the heat together. We will learn that we can push each other. We will learn, you know, going back to the conversation about relationships and safety, safety doesn't always mean comfort, mm -mm. right? Safety means that it's, I can be uncomfortable with you. I can take a risk, but I know that I'm not going to be hurt. I know that I'm not going to be right. Like, I know I'm going to be safe with you. And, and it is, I mean, there, you know, I mean, there's still times where I go, oh, I'm going this conversation and like, you know, my heart's racing or I'm processing it, but the thing that I often say in, you know, and I write this in the book and often when we're doing work is it may not get easier. Like it may not ever be easy, but it can get easier. 
you know, and, and there is something, I mean, similar, you know, uh, very much grew up in a fawn response house, right. You know, um, you know, maybe one parent would be explosive and the other parent would just, right, be very demure and, uh, and, and never learning that. And I don't say that in any way to blame my folks. Like, yeah, everybody's doing the best they can with what they have, right. There's lots of generational differences, perhaps some trauma in there. And, you know, so I give them a ton of grace and as I'm learning, you know, because part of it is, and there, I want to be clear, there are times when we may choose to avoid, and that's totally okay. There may be times when we choose to consciously not engage, to go, you know what, it's not worth it. This relationship yeah. isn't worth it to me. This isn't worth the stress. Like I'm, I'm out, <laughs> you know, or mm-hmm. whatever the case yeah. is. But, but in those moments, I think the thing that I, you know, I see over and over, over again is that the the damage can happen when we avoid big stuff but the damage can also happen when we're avoiding little stuff and it's like these little it's like the you know death by a thousand cuts like oh i understand why you don't trust each other because you have literally avoided or the two of you have not engaged or had any kind of meaningful interaction around how do we intentionally build this relationship Uh, there haven't been moments of repairing a relationship which is just an inevitable part of being in community with humans you're gonna fuck up like I, i'm sorry to yeah. say that like that but no, you will mess it. up we're gonna like you will yeah. it's not if it's when and what and do we know what to do with that and how do we recover from that and you know and how do we properly apologize and how do we really take in that feedback it's none of that is easy but it is all worth it it's all worth it Absolutely. Yeah. And, and one thing I would say, I mean, same with my parents, you know, they're doing the best they can. But one thing my mother used to say uh, all the time was they can't eat you. Mm. I mean, like, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? Really? I mean, (laughs) are we confident enough? And I had to learn this much later in my life, but am I confident enough as a person to know that no matter what happens outside of me with a relationship, a, a, a finite project, whatever's happening, the worst thing that can can happen. Yeah. You know, yeah. I go to prison. It's, Sweet. Sure. <laughs> That's all right. I don't look great in orange, but you know, I'm going to be okay. Yeah. I'm yeah. not, you know, I'm going to be okay. I'm always yeah. going to be okay. It's, and I think that like that, the timing of this conversation is really uh, timely because it's something I've been working on personally. There's, there's certain situations that can still very much trigger that really strong childlike bond response of feeling defensive, right? Mm-hmm. And in my case, like I'm, I'll speak it because we're talking to an audience of women, really assertive, aggressive, and abusive men. It's very triggering for me. And, mm-hmm. and it's something I've been working on with my therapist because I'm like, I don't like the power. I feel like I'm giving those situations in the way that, and now we're getting into like some you know, processing here, but we have like, we're navigating our sort of child defaults that we've learned. Like you were helpless at times you were defenseless. And even though I'm a 41 year old woman who I know I'm confident, I know it's going to be okay. I know they can't eat me, which I love that. I, I intellectually, I know all of this. And yet there's some mm-hmm. part of my brain that feels very defenseless. And how do we, how do we soothe that part of us? right? Mm-hmm. Not shame it and just go like, oh yeah, that's like child Sarah coming. That's five-year-old, mm-hmm. 10-year-old Sarah coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, but like 41-year-old Sarah knows that it's not that I'm not defenseless actually. And like, you, what is- Do the- you talk to her? Because I, I also 41, I'm uh-huh. telling you, it just keeps happening. Also 41. Um, I've recently, I, I work with a mindset coach. 
um, on a weekly basis. And mm. I've recently, because through that work, I've recently started talking, having conversations mm. with Amy. I have I conversations with five-year-old Amy, 10-year-old Amy, 15-year-old mm. Amy, mm. which is really hard to have. And mm. I show her grace and mm. I show her acceptance. And I speak out loud sometimes in the bathtub with my book or whatever I'll yeah. put it down and be like, I have compassion for you. You didn't know better. You weren't taught yeah. better. Now yeah. you do know, but it's okay to love every version of yourself, even if that yeah. was a failing version or a sad version or depressed version or a version that didn't know what the hell to do yeah. with your life. Yeah. You have to have compassion. I have such bleeding compassion for others, but it's not yeah. until just recently that I started having mm. compassion for that loud mouth, drama kid, choir girl, <laughs> fat, awkward, loud, obnoxious Amy, who's now getting paid to run this mouth. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you have to have compassion for your former self yeah. and love for others, including old versions of you. Yeah. I love, I love that. I love that practice. And I love that as a gift for all of us to think about. And it's just been literally in the last couple of days, that was the first sort of like separating. Cause I'd go, wow, this, why did the situation put me in a spiral mm -hmm. in a way that I don't really don't enjoy. And, yeah. and, 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 and I, and I hadn't then another like kind of circumstance come up where I had to set a boundary. And again, when you have been raised to be nice, when you have been raised to take care of other people, when you have been all of that setting boundaries can be terrifying. Yeah. And, and I did have a conversation. I was like, Hey, little, I was like in my head, I goes, we, we got this. Like right. we're good. I, I, I got you. Like I 41 year old Sarah, I've got you. You're going to yeah. be safe you're going to be fine. Like we aren't defenseless in this situation. Mm -hmm. And, and I love that as a practice, I get a little misty eyed thinking about it. And I think sometimes that's, um, I think that's just such an important part, that radical acceptance, right. For mm -hmm. ourselves of, you know, because man, as we're, you know, I said it flippantly, but the world wasn't built for powerful, strong, confident women. It wasn't, it wasn't built for us which is part of why imposter syndrome exists. Imposter syndrome often shows up in folks who the system wasn't built for. And we're yeah. cutting new paths and we're challenging rules and we're challenging all of that, which means we have to, we have to, you know, it's like our whole self is on that journey. And I, and I, and I, and I love, I, I love that um, invitation because I am going to be more intentional about talking to her because of this. So thank you for that. And, and being okay that like, yeah. And that's that initial stress response might never go away. Yeah. And that's okay. Because that's just, that's just survival. That's, you know, women have to calculate, we have to calculate things for safety yeah. um, all the time. Kind of like, like, kind of just like all the, even when you're in a safe environment, you're still very, yeah. like, oh, I'm very aware that I'm walking to my car and it's late at night and I have to right where are my keys and is my husband yep. on speed dial and right. Like there's just calculations that we make as women and then, you know, add, then, then there's another layer when you look at, right. If you look at the intersectionality of, you know, a woman of color or somebody who identifies as LGBT, LGBTQA or, um, and then there's extra layers to that and, and how important it is that we do give ourselves grace. We can give ourselves grace and be really, really confident and powerful mm -hmm. that like we can take care of this and like in many situations, right. Some, externals like we can we can't control what other people do and we can't control right. the, the systems and structures we're in always but we can we can try to control how do we want to show up in this moment and again that's easier said than done I'm not 
yeah very much believe in some trauma or like tr- like therapy work with this but right yeah but we don't move forward without practice yeah because avoidance does not allow us practice avoiding that right. element doesn't get us practice and practice although like you said it may always be there's always going to be that gut like oh okay yeah. i'm in this situation but as we train retrain that neural pathway with a different response from now yeah. on it may never feel easier but it will get easier yeah. as we repeat that over yeah. and over again and, and it's up to us to do it for other women yeah. to set that yeah. example and 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 to and to build communities around you with people who are also doing the work you know right. um whether that's your partner whether that's your family members whether that's your friends like I know there's a lot of talk of, right, like your success is the average of the five people you're around and which is, there's probably some truth to that. But for me, it's like my, 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 not financial, my physical, my psychological well-being is so impacted because I'm now surrounded by people who are doing the work, who are trying to have these conversations, who are more comfortable with having these conversations. And, and like, and then that sometimes we get, we dance in really hard spots. And, and there's something really beautiful about having, again, people to walk alongside you. And so there's also, you know, for people who are going like, Oh, I don't know how to do that. Find people who are doing that mm-hmm. and it will help you be better. God, it'll, and it's so worth it. So worth yeah. it. There's so much unnecessary suffering we hold on to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're meant to be in community and in my yeah. community, I'm always seeking to be the dumbest person in the room. <laughs> I I don't want to know any more than anybody I'm with because they teach me so much. I learned so much from others. So, and I've learned so much from you today. So tell our listeners, tell our listeners where they can find you. If they have a team or they are a high level executive or uh, in business and they need some leadership development, where's the best place to connect with you and your team at? The best place to connect with us is at sarahnollwilson.com. S-A-R-A-H-N-O-L-L-W-I-L-S-O-N. Don't be fooled by the name. We have an incredible crew of amazingly talented folks and it's growing. Uh, Social media, my DMs are always open. I may not always respond super timely, but I will get to, I will get to yeah, it. But absolutely. if there is something that comes up, yeah, I would love to love to connect with folks. Awesome. Well, thank you for being my guest. Everybody go over, check out Sarah Knoll with an N-O-L-L Wilson.com and connect with her team that can definitely help you out with some communication leadership skills and more. So thank you so much for being my guest. Congratulations on five years. And thank you, thank you for being a queen that leads. <laughs>